Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The purpose of the boat was what? One of my favorite things. Wakeboarding. Well, it's a water sport. Well, I'm glad it's your favorite thing. That's exciting to know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that good at it. I just did it once, but I got up right away and it was super fun. This is the plaintiff, Maria Kuzmanova. She says she purchased a boat trailer that was made by the defendant and was assured it would carry the weight of her 23-foot boat. When she put her boat on the thing, the axles broke. She wants a refund and is suing for the $10,000 she's owed. This is the defendant, Robert Keel. He says you're not supposed to transport a boat with full tanks of gas. The plaintiff clearly did, which added 3,500 pounds to the boat. That's why the trailer broke. He's accused of being a little too heavy-handed. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Kuzminova, you purchased a 23-foot Nautic G23 boat and trailer from a dealership, correct? Correct. And the purpose of the boat was what? One of my favorite things. Wakeboarding. Well, it's a water sport. Well, I'm glad it's your favorite thing. That's exciting to know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that good at it. I just did it once, but I got up right away and it was super fun and I have a friend who's very into it. But um, so what is it that you do with wakeboarding? Tell me your connection with wakeboarding. Well, uh, first of all, my son, a 14-year-old kid, he's a professional wakeboard rider and he competes in national and international competitions. So that was um, originally the main purpose we purchased the boat for, for allowing him to train. But besides that, we um, decided to offer uh, the classes to other people that might be interested in water sports. So we had people um, coming um, on the um, commercial uh, basis to actually to learn from my husband, who is also the professional writer, or from me. 
and I've been in water sports for over 15 years. So uh, we've been giving classes with the boat. So this boat and this trailer were used for classes how often? Was it every day? Um, We would actually use it pretty much on the daily basis. So what are the problems that you had? Well, uh, pretty much uh, almost in a month after we started using it, uh, it started falling apart. well, after we took it to the service, what they explained us that their, um, the boat was too heavy for that type of trailer that they had. And they said that um, uh, the, uh, the studs and the rims were breaking, the rims had cracks, uh, um, the hub uh, inside of the wheels, as much as I understand the mechanics, I'm just trying to explain in the basic word, it was um, leaking the inner grease making their uh, overheating in the whole system and um, the bearings were breaking up. And two, only two months after uh, using the trailer, uh, the, the first axle broke. Uh, this trailer has two axles. So the first axle broke and we uh, fixed it. But a month later, we were told that there is a second axle that needs to be replaced as well because it's also broken. And... Um, well, this um, that's, was the point when I uh, tried to contact the dealership and they referred me to the defendant saying uh, that um, it's under the warranty with him. And I, if I need to have any repairs, I have to be contacting him directly. And that's when I tried to reach out to him, which was quite unsuccessful. So uh, in 2019 alone, after two months of using the trailer, we incurred expenses in over $3,000 with the price of the trailer less than $10,000. So it was quite a lot. And um, in 2020, we incurred uh, another expenses for almost uh, $2,500. And... um, uh, that was the point when I reached out to the defendant with the letter, explaining him all the situation, uh, showing him everything that broke, and asking him to get involved in this uh, issue. Uh, what I um, I received a letter from him with the uh, email of their axle builder. So what he did, he purchased axles uh, from some independent company, uh, and um, advised me to talk to them. So when I reached out to them, and there were like numerous emails between me and this person named Mark, who asked me to wait the boat, and he uh, he is saying that the axles that he sold to the builder, to the defendant, were not suitable for that heavy of the boat in the first place. So the axle builder agreed on the fact that the boat wasn't suitable for that way for for his axles let me hear from you mr keel let me hear let me hear from you yeah we we built that trailer in 1017 okay so october of 2017 go on yeah we we delivered it to sun 11 17. so and then it goes over to them and they're the ones i need you to listen they 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 end up selling it to her but my question is is there a warranty from you on the trailer? There's not a written warranty that I give to them. I, I agree to their warranty. Right, but who gives the warranty to the customer, the dealership, or you? And then I back up some. Okay. But the axles are warranted by the axle manufacturer. 
then they carry a five-year warranty. Right, but the Axle manufacturer is pointing the finger at you and saying that you ordered the wrong axles for this well, truck. Well, we got, we got a lot of misinformation here. The boat is a Nautique G23, okay? Yeah. This is a Super Air Nautique. That's what I have, yes, Super yes, Air Nautic G23. Yes, G23. Exactly, that's the one. Okay. When you told the dealership of your problems, what did they tell you to do? Contact the builder, because they said it's, it's actually on the trailer itself. It says that the capacity of it is 8,400. So when they sold you the boat, the dealership told you that it was 8,400 is what it would hold. Then tell me what it is that the Axle company revealed to you that was wrong. Well, they didn't actually mention the exact weight uh, that their axles are supposed to vary. So there was no the number of 8,000 pounds. They just said uh, in basic words, and I can read it off their email. Here's what I'm trying to understand. What do you think they're saying? I'm not quite understanding. I think what you're saying is, look, this is an 8,400 pounds and this trailer should work better than it does. It's breaking apart and it shouldn't break because I'm not loading it too heavily. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Mr. Kell, let me ask you a question. I realize that you didn't contract with Maria, okay? You contract with the dealership, but obviously, there's a warranty that you give with your products. And so you've been dealing with Maria because it's better to have, you know, you're gonna have to deal either, either with the dealership involved or without the dealership involved. So whatever warranty you've provided, you've been kind of, of talking to Maria about. What I'm trying to understand then is, have you ever made an effort to look at the boat and see what the problem is? I offered, yeah. You twice. did, tell me about that. We had phone conversations and she'd never let me have it. She said she couldn't be without it. Let me ask you a question, Maria. He says that he, he gave you several opportunities to bring the boat. And so, the, I mean, the, not uh, the boat, the trailer, so that he could take a look at it. Uh, it wasn't exactly like that. Um, uh, when uh, defendant was in their dealership, while my boat was servicing there, he did offer to take the trailer. But you know what he offered? He said, yes, I can take the trailer, but you have to figure it out what to do with the boat because I'm not taking trailer with the boat. And I said, okay, do you have a, a spare trailer? I can put the boat on. Where am I supposed to put the boat? You know, the, the boat comes with the trailer. And I called the dealer since they were servicing my boat back then. I asked, can you please, can you hold my boat so he can repair my trailer meanwhile? And they said, no, we don't have such an option. Well, they got so, a lot of nerve. Let me tell you something. Your dealership has a lot of nerve because they've passed oh, they the do. buck to him completely. And then they tell you that they won't even assist you by holding your boat while the thing that they sold to you gets fixed because the warranty he gives is to them. So he, technically speaking, you're not supposed to sue him. You're supposed to sue the dealer because you have a contract with the dealer. You see, you have a contract with the dealer. And the dealer is just washing their hands of you, referring you to him. The dealer can then bring him into the deal, into the lawsuit, and say, hey, you warranted me, I warranted her, so you have to get involved. That's how this is supposed to work. Instead, they wash their hands, they tell you to go sue him, go talk to him, and then the one thing they're called upon to do, you want your boat dry docked, and, and they won't even help with that much. That's unbelievable. No, and but and I don't I understand. Actually, if you're a trailer builder, Mr. Keel, if you're a trailer builder, why can't 
Because they've got the lifts that put the boat into the the trailer, correct? The dealership has the lifts. Well, I I have also have everything to lift the boat, and but I didn't want the trailer by itself. I wanted the boat and trailer together, because I need the boat and trailer together to w- weigh everything and check it out, and see what caused the problem if there's something else wrong. With I have she a hard says time that you t- is any of this in writing because world. you guys are just. Right, you guys are disputing what the conversation was, and none of this is in writing. There's no emails between the two of you. No, there's nothing. There's in... no but letters, no certified the... letters. Yeah, I know. Well, She's out a bunch of money, I'm but look, Maria, what pick, it seems to me like is that you're hustling. You're hustling. You're making money with the boat, and it's easier to just take the trailer while the boat is on the water and you're making money. Take the trailer to the marina right there. They fix it. And so you keep putting a Band-Aid on it and putting a Band-Aid on it and putting a Band-Aid on it until in the course of a year and a half, you've racked up some serious bills on a stupid trailer. It's a $10,000 trailer. You have racked up like almost five grand or whatever it was in bills. The people who sold you the trailer, those are the people. I don't know how you didn't sue them. You should be suing them, too. Okay. Now you have a warranty that he is still willing to honor. Okay. When you have a warranty, your right is to get the thing fixed. Your right is not to collect money without giving someone an opportunity to fix it. So you have to give him the boat and the trailer for him to fix it. Take the boat over there so that he can honor the warranty. Boat and trailer. I want you to take care and honor this warranty in one week. Make this your priority. So there's a warranty. Honor the warranty. And now if something goes wrong and he doesn't honor the warranty and he doesn't fix it, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to sue the dealer who sold it to you. You'll see when they're actually in the lawsuit, they will all of a sudden make sure all the right stuff happens instead of washing their hands of you because they're the ones who give you the warranty. He gives them a warranty. That's a concept in the law called privity of contract. You have a contract with the dealer. You never met this guy before in your life. He doesn't give you a warranty. He warrants them to the dealer. So the dealer, to save a step, he just deals with the customers directly and tries to solve it. That makes sense. So let's try to save that step now. Bring the boat and the trailer and and take care of it in one week. This is her livelihood. She can't be two weeks or three weeks just in case. She needs you to have it done in one week. All right, so good luck, everybody. Thank you, Yana. Mr. Kale, what do you think about that? You're, you're willing to cooperate? Yes, although I've, I've, I've made a real effort to contact her and get a hold of the boat before, before it festered into this, but she would have nothing to do with it. Well, of course, she didn't she know who you were. You she, know. Couldn't be with, she couldn't be without the boat. But anyway, you're going to get it fixed for her, and she'll be able to use right. the boat, change those axles, right? All right, sir. Well, good luck to you. Maria, let me ask you, how do you feel about the outcome of the case now? Are you okay with this? The, the, are you satisfied? Well, as long as my trailer will be in nice and workable condition, I am. And I'm really hoping for uh, Mr. Curl to actually to take care as urgently as the judge ordered it within a week. Hope it works out. It's very complicated, but good luck to you. Let me ask you a question. So you go to Honda and you buy a Honda 
and then your Honda breaks down, and Honda tells you, oh yeah, I bought, I bought the uh, axle from uh, Axel Rod Joe over there, so you go, go deal with him. Yeah, that's, yeah, not so much. That's no way to do business. It's not only no way to do business; it's completely right. ridiculous. They, that's they, not how it works. It's kind of odd. The dealer kind of told her. To oh, it's not odd. Like, it's very, it's it. self-interested. It's kind of, you know, it's it's very much, you Absolutely. know. Obviously, it's easier for them. Or, frankly, maybe they said, "Okay, we'll uh, we'll work this out," uh, and then they called him, and he supposed, but they, they, they right. washed their hands of it, which is, is really yeah. bad. They didn't. They really didn't assist in any way, shape, or form. No. Um, you know, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna have your boat here. No, we're yeah. not gonna help out. No, we're not gonna facilitate the yeah. warranty. I mean, they right. they they really truly said, "Well, don't talk to us. Go talk to him." Rodney wants to know this. Hey, Harvey. Why do states have different laws making things so complicated? Why not just have one set of laws for all 50 states? Oh my God, you're asking me a question that takes three years of law school. Here's the thing. We have a system in our government where you have a federal government and you have 50 states. It has been that way by design since the framers drafted the Constitution. And the idea is that you have states that may have peculiar needs from one to the next and you don't want the federal government making one rule where everything it's one size fits all so i think it's a good thing that states can do this because then they're accountable not to the whole country but to the people who live in that individual state and that will do it for this case litigants for the next case inside the courtroom angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the plaintiff, Lydia Howell. She says her mom lived in an apartment the defendant owned. And when she moved out, the guy didn't return all of the security. Well, in Ohio, the law states if you don't return security within 30 days, you can sue for treble damages. And that's just what she's doing today for the $1,247 her mom is owed. This is the defendant, Aria. He says the plaintiff's mom left a ton of debris in the apartment, and he had to pay to have it removed. The plaintiff thinks he's being unfair because her mother is elderly, but he disagrees and thinks the judge will, too. He's accused of not giving a refund. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. The plaintiff says the defendant took advantage of her poor elderly mom with a huge rent increase. But the defendant is saying that he's a nice guy, he did nothing wrong, and he thinks the judge will agree. Let's find out. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, man.
Okay, Ms. Howell, you are here to represent your mother, Kathy Hairston, on a lawsuit against the former uh, landlords for a security deposit that was withheld from her. How old is your mom? She's 77. Okay. And how long had she been living there? 19 years. Wow. Okay. Uh, what happened? So my mother lived in a duplex. Um, everyone loves her on the street. Um, just lived there happily forever. So in, I believe it was April of 2020, her duplex was purchased um, by an individual. And Aria assumed uh, he's with the management company. All right, so sometime in 2020, the building gets sold. And Mr. Aria, you are, uh, are you the owner? Are you the, the property manager? What is your role? Uh, no, ma'am, I am the property manager. I'm not the owner. Okay. And what happens, Ms. Howell? So our first experience with uh, mom's new landlords is in May, they decided to put a new roof on, which was nice. However, it was a nightmare. The contractors that they used were a disaster. They had women, they had dogs. And worst of all, my mother has a flower bed that she's cultivated probably for 19 years. I submitted pictures and they took all the roofing materials and threw it all around the perimeter of the duplex right in the flower beds. I had to go over after they were finished and clean up cigarette butts, beer bottles. And so, of course, I contacted Aria. He didn't offer to replace the plants that they had damaged. And after the initial complaint, I didn't hear from him again. Okay. Then in May or June of 2020, mom received her rent increase notice. Okay. And I believe How much was your mom was, paying in rent? I believe it was around five ninety-five. Five ninety-five for for what? For a one bedroom? It's a two bedroom garden. It's a duplex. For a two bedroom. Okay. And to be honest with you, I had warned my mother. I said, listen, mom, you're under market. So, you know, these guys they buy as a so an investment. So I want to prepare you for a rent increase. And um right. however, close to three hundred dollars was just a little bit ridiculous, but but I don't understand. Was your mother in the middle of a lease, or was your mother on a month to month with that kind of rent? She didn't have a lease. No, she was on a month to month. What did you end up doing? Well, luckily, if you can believe this, another landlord on the same street heard about her plight, and he actually contacted her. It's actually right across the street, same exact floor plan, same rent. The lower rent. The one that you wanted to keep. Correct. Oh, good for you. That's lovely. But now, so what we're here about is there was a $499 security deposit, correct? And oh, when it correct. came time to move, you were told by Mr. Aria, after you moved, you were told, listen, you guys left a lot of stuff behind uh, and you can either move it or we'll move it, but then I have to withhold money from the security deposit. Tell me how that goes down. Correct. Here's what happened. I should have looked over the unit more than I did, but we were really rushed and we had to turn the keys in. And I had talked to Aria. He said, listen, don't worry about anything. We're going to gut it anyway. And I said, okay. He said, just get everything out. I said, okay, no problem. We left the keys. And then I think it was about two and a half weeks later, I text him and I said, I want to know about my mother's security deposit. And he said, well, I've emailed pictures to your sister. So you sent the sister pictures of what was left behind. And Correct. let me see what that was. Okay. 
Well, none of this, you, you guys are gutting the place, so I understand uh, there's a lot of stuff left behind. Is that a dresser? Chest of drawers? Yes, ma'am, with stuff in it. It's a lot of stuff left behind. Why was all this stuff left behind? Why didn't you take this stuff with you, Ms. Howell? Well, first of all, I didn't know that it was there. Okay. I thought you said that you were moving out. I'm sorry, wait, you, you know were. that it's, I mean, did you leave somebody else in charge, you mean? I did. But anyway, when I saw the pictures, um, he, he said that the only problem he had was the various stuff left. The only thing big that was left was the dresser and it was just scattered trash that they didn't take over to the new place. He said, the main thing is that I'm going to get a roll off. I'm going to get a big dumpster and it's a $250 charge. You could save yourself all that money. If you get in, move that stuff and I'll return the deposit. I then immediately okay. emailed him back and said, that's fine. Just let me know how to get in. My sister and I would have went in that weekend, taken that dresser to the curb because they have bulk service and cleaned the rest of that stuff out. It would have taken us maybe okay, an but hour or two. Why long. didn't you? Right. Okay. So he said, if you do that, you'll get the deposit back. Why didn't you guys go that weekend? Because he never got back with me on how to get into the unit. And that was my Did whole Did you respond intention. to her email, Mr. Aria? I did. I did respond, but I, I do apologize. I, I, uh, I forgot to respond uh, regarding uh, getting access to the, to the property. But I have to tell you, Ms. Howe was never shy about contacting me, call it, called me multiple times. Yeah. The roofers. Um, it, but I, I, over, I, I forgot to, uh, to include the information about uh, access, but she never called me back. And uh, all, all it would have taken was a phone call because there was a, a lockbox on the door and I would have happily given that information to her. I just forgot. Right. So uh, I, listen, listen, but I don't, I don't understand how we get to this lack of communication. The first email is from you to him. Mr. Aria, I have reviewed the pictures you sent to my sister regarding my mother's home. Firstly, the amount of debris left in the home in no sh way, shape or form substantiates a $250 dumpster. Fortunately, the magistrates are tenant friendly. See you in court. Okay, that's you at 12.06. His response 50 minutes later is, Ms. Howell, I think the biggest issue is the amount of debris. Unfortunately, these are the charges to get. If you can take it all out, do you think you could do that? Please let me know. Not see you in court for threatening me and making me feel like a louse because I raised the rent. to. Okay, so then you write back, that's fine. How do I get in to get the stuff? And then you ask a second question. Also, her 30 days is just about up. Will you bring her check? I guess that was going to be. He responds, the check will be mailed directly from the owner. Please send me your mother's forwarding address ASAP. To which you respond and give your mother's address. Nobody says anything else. Rest of Friday passes. Saturday passes. You're not calling him. It's not like you can't gain entry. Monday happens. And then what happens on Monday, Mr. Area? So on Monday, we went in to the property and everything was still there. And at that point, we had no choice. So the question is, what should, what should you be able to keep for the debris that was left behind? I do not agree with her that you didn't answer how I can get in. You left me hanging. This is not true. You emailed him a qu two questions. He answered one, and then you answered... His question, and then both of you just kind of trail off. But it behooves you to say, I need, 
you know, okay, and how do I get the key you want? You know, because it's easy. And then you net silence, the silence words, and then you're surprised that they're gonna keep part of the security deposit, and you're hoping magistrates are tenant friendly. It's not a matter of being tenant friendly. Your mother is obviously a beautiful person. I love the fact that she got to live 20 years in one place as a renter. I love the fact that she got to live on the same floor plan for the same reduced rate that nobody gets that. That speaks volumes about what a gem your mother must be, that the person across the street wanted to rent. That's lovely. And it's neither here nor there legally. You understand that, right? It's all very, very simple. I understand that. Your mother needs to be your treated honor. exactly like any other tenant. You have, you have notice to get your stuff out. You don't need three times of the notice. All that stuff needed to be taken out beforehand. So, so the bottom line is, should they be able to keep 250? If he had kept the 450, you better believe I'd be making him give some money back. Because I know, and he knows, that he was gonna be getting a dumpster anyway. So the real question then, is how much should they be able to keep to pull out a couple of dressers and a bunch of junk? You know, for hauling all that stuff out, I think a hundred bucks is sufficient. So I am gonna order you to return the other $149 to uh, the lovely Ms. Hairston, and I wish you all a lot of luck. Mr. Aria, you seem like a very decent guy with this. How do you feel about that? The judge making you give back another $149. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely okay with that. We try to be as equitable and fair as possible. But the fact is, the, uh, they, they, they weren't as respectful as they, they should have been. They, they, they treated us like we're some kind of crooks, and we're, we're, we're not. All right. Well, obviously, you're going to live with that. Ms. Howell, after looking at all the pictures and how much debris you left there, I, I'm really surprised you sued for what you did. I mean, it's amazing. No, the whole contention was he did not allow me to get in and remedy the situation as he said he would. And they are crooks. They're a shysty company. Jeez. <laughs> All right, that's that's it. All right, congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It's over. My take on Mr. Aria is he's anything but a crook. That's right, and he couldn't <laughs> have been nicer. He was a gentleman in the way he handled this, and it seemed like he kind of bent over And she's screaming about suing like early in the day. Don't worry, judges are, I mean, she, she's right. terrible. I realize she's upset, it's her mother or whatever right. else. Mother landed on her feet beautifully. Yeah, yeah thank goodness um, for but that. It, but honestly, it's like she's mad at them because they wanted a rent increase. And right. You know, you don't own the place. If you didn't buy it for your mother, you can't get angry as right. though someone has done something to her. Right. You know, it's just not the way it is. It's I mean, she's probably saved a lot of money by Absolutely. staying there over the years under market, you know, yeah. and, and that's a good thing. Cheryl wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, how did you start out at the People's Court and have you worked there since the beginning? Yes, I have worked there for, since the beginning. And since the show has been on so long, I'm now 114 years old. Actually, uh, the way I got this job, the person who owns the show, Stu Billet, called me up, asked me to go to lunch one day, and he said, you know, I like you, you have a lot of confidence, and then he took me to uh, my car, and I had a flat tire, and I started crying, so maybe he made a mistake. That'll do it for this case, litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Gary Hone. He says he brought his car to the defendant's shop to get a Bluetooth device installed, and the thing didn't work. That's right, he paid his good money for a working device. The defendant doesn't know what he's doing, and he's suing for the $234.40 he paid the guy.
This is the defendant Jay Speed. He says the plaintiff purchased a USB system for his car, and he installed it. The plaintiff really wanted a Bluetooth device, but how was he supposed to know what his customer's intentions were when he was given a USB device to install? He's accused of not knowing the difference. All parties, please hit your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he hired the defendant to install Bluetooth in his car and the damn thing doesn't work. But the defendant says the guy had him install a USB charging device. He did that and that's it. It's the case of not knowing the difference. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Hode, um, tell me what happened here. I took my car to have a Bluetooth installed so that I would be able to drive uh, hands-free. Okay, but what um, was the reason that you brought your car in there to begin with? Because I don't, I don't think that I thought you ran into the device there and thought this would be a good idea. Wasn't there another reason why you well, were there? I was in. That's correct. I was actually in there to have my windows tinted, and while I was okay. there, I was introduced to the product. Okay, and how were you introduced to the product? They had a big display of them in the middle of the room. Okay, and then did you talk to anybody there about what the product was and what it could do? I spoke to Jay Speed about it. It was his decision to put that particular device in the car. Right, but did you did you tell him what you wanted? Well, he told me it was a, it was a Bluetooth. Right, but did you say to him, uh, I'd like to use the phone in the following way. I want it to be hands-free, for example, or did you ever tell him what you your objective was? Well, he and I discussed discussed the Bluetooth function and he he provided me with the device to put it in the car. Okay, and what did you discuss about the Bluetooth function? What was it you said to him you wanted to do? You just said, I want a Bluetooth? No, I told him I wanted to be able to, to talk on the phone and drive at the same time legally. Okay, so then uh, he sells you this device and the device itself costs 40 something dollars and the labor to install it was 190 something, correct? So. You that's, invest $234.40 in installing this device. And what is the result once the device is installed? The device did not work. It had okay. uh, no what function was... whatsoever. Okay. So he what did you say? Did you notice that the... right away? Oh, yeah. When, he, uh, when the, the install job was done, he took me to the car, and he couldn't get it working either. So, okay. So then I asked it to be okay. removed from the vehicle. All right. Then did you ask for your money back? Yes, I did. And what did he say? He refused. Okay. Mr. Speed, let me talk to you. What do you say happened? On Friday, July 24th, Mr. Hogue came in to get headlight restoration done on his Chevy Malibu, um, which he's done a lot of work with us in the past. And uh, upon the headlight restoration, he was in the waiting room, and we have a consignment table that sits in the middle of the room. Um, he was walking around the table and picked this thing up and said, you know, hey, is this, you know, will this work in my vehicle? And I said, well, you already have this unit in your vehicle. And he was talking about a different vehicle that he had, which is his, uh, his Saturn. So we discussed it and um, we never went over whether the fact it was a USB or a Bluetooth. So the function of what he wanted to do with it was never presented. What does a USB perform? What service does a USB perform? So USB charges a phone. 
it, it, it makes it so his phone would charge yeah, while all. he was driving or and it, right the that's all it that does purchased but didn't you you're the tech a, guy he doesn't tell you what he wants and you don't ask him what he wants you nobody the conversation what is it you want to achieve doesn't come up the reason it didn't come up was because the saturn that he has is not it's an older saturn um, whether it's in good shape or not good shape, it didn't have the functionality to be able to charge his phone or anything. So whether somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I want a Bluetooth or a USB in that older model of a vehicle, then it, it, I mean, it wasn't for me to ask that question. Why does he have the impression that what you were installing was a Bluetooth? He had to have gotten it from somewhere. That may be what he was originally looking for. And then I I didn't see him again for another 10 days after he purchased the unit to have it installed in the other car. But but he left for 10 days and then he comes back in with the unit that you personally sold him and says, I'd like you to install this Bluetooth. If you know it's not a Bluetooth, why are you installing it? So when it was sold on the paperwork, it says that he was sold a USB unit. And then when it came back in, we didn't have the unit in hand. It was left in the car. So when we took the car around to the service bay, they just installed what was in the service bay. It wasn't like a, here, install this Bluetooth unit. It wasn't like a handed over unit. It was left in the car. I had a great- I'm sorry, it was handed car. over. It doesn't matter. Someone looked at it at some point and says, this is a USB right. unit. And Exactly. Right. And my, so that before was installing answer. it, if they know that the work order says Bluetooth, why don't they stop? First, Mr. Hode, let me ask you, did you buy the piece and then come back 10 days later to get the piece installed? Is that accurate? No, ma'am. The, the vehicle that I installed it in, all, I charge my phone in that car all the time. Okay. So why would I, why would I want, why would I want a, a device to charge the phone when I already can do it? Yeah. All right. So let's look at the paperwork in this case under, um, the 724 receipt, he is charged for the headlight restoration, I guess, and $43.20, it says USB unit. But then on the day that you come in to install it, on 8-4, it says Bluetooth install. And he's charged $194.40 for that Bluetooth install. So he's obviously getting the idea that it's a Bluetooth from somewhere, and it's on your paperwork. Obviously, so he's getting the idea that it's a Bluetooth from you. Right. Then, oh, wait, it gets better. Hold on, wait. And then in the uninstall, when he says, take this out, I don't want this, remove BT system. So it's still you guys calling it a Bluetooth over and over. Only one time did someone call it a USB. So... Even when you're removing it and you know the part. So he's getting the idea that it, it will be a Bluetooth thing from somewhere. So I told Gary, I was like, you know, it's not what you wanted. I, I know that you already have a way to do this stuff. Um, you know, let me see what I can figure out for you and let's see what we can do. And he had to go. He had an appointment to get to. So I said, give me a call. We'll figure something out for you. It's not a big deal. We'll take care of it. We'll help you out. And that was that was the last time I didn't, I didn't hear from him again. Um, I tried to call him multiple times at the end of that week and I never got a response. Um, and then I, at, at the next time I heard from him was the uninstall when I was, I wasn't even here actually. He has one goal and the goal is to be able to use hands-free. And so the fact that you wrote on the first receipt USB is not a notice to him that he won't get what he wants. Then the fact that you write Bluetooth on the install is a further evidence that 
everybody here knows what he wants. And then the fact that you write remove, you, the collective you, write remove Bluetooth is a third piece of evidence that everybody knows what he wants. I understand that you're out money. Why should he be out money? I mean, you guys are the experts. I disagree with you. I think you owe him his money. I think you owe him his entire money. And I am ruling in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of the $234.40. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. Wow. So the plaintiff is going to get his money back. Mr. Speed, the defendant, it's your own paperwork that kind of did you in. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean... That's the thing is she didn't even see she didn't even speak on the whole case. She left out so much stuff like that was that wasn't uh, there was so much left unsaid and so much that wasn't even gone over. That was that was that's crazy. Mr. Hode, how do you feel about it? What do you think about what the defendant just said? From what he says, I have no idea what he's talking about. All right. Well, good luck to you and congratulations. You prevail. This case, like virtually every case, you have to decide comes down to what does the evidence really show? What does the evidence really mean? And in this instance, you interpreted the invoices. You thought they were pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, they, they say Bluetooth on right. two out of the three right. uh, working paperwork. So clearly somebody right. over there is telling him, yeah, this will do what you want. So right. really, right. Uh, all the way around, you know, it's, it's the, the standard of proof in a civil case is right. by a preponderance of the evidence, is it more likely than not? Right. And I, I think he tipped the scales by a mile that, you know, the right. customer should have been accommodated. And certainly, certainly two-thirds of the evidence, which is more than half, showed <laughs> that it was supposed to be Bluetooth. That and they themselves were calling it a Bluetooth. Right. And, so. and that ought to carry the day. Yeah. Me. When you wonder where he got the idea, I think he got the idea from that right. store. You know what? And Mr. Speed, if you don't want to pay, get the paperwork right. Yeah. So that's going to do it, folks. Gosh, let's be safe. Masks, social distancing, vaccines. Let's get out of this mess. See you next time.